Hi, this is Jamal Igle, and you are listening to Superman Forever Radio. Up in the sky, look! It's a plane! It's a plane! No, it's Superman Forever Radio, the weekly podcast devoted to Superman. Welcome, everyone, to Metropolis and the 33rd Annual Superman Celebration. I'm so overjoyed to see everyone here. I look forward to this every summer. You know, this celebration brings people from all different walks of life. We have one common thread, our common value in truth, justice, and the American way. I have a feeling this is going to be our best year yet. Everyone, I want you to have a good time. Have a funnel cake for me. And please be safe. And let's give a round of applause for all our, our helpers right here. Everyone, have a good time. And with that, the 33rd annual Superman celebration kicked off in Metropolis, Illinois, with me in attendance. Welcome, everybody, to Superman Forever Radio, episode 35. I am your worn-out host, J. David Weeder. Just returned from the Superman celebration in Metropolis, Illinois, and I have had a ball, which is pretty pretty common for me at, in Metropolis. This was my second celebration and my third trip to Metropolis as a whole. Uh, the first trip I made was in October of 2009 for my birthday. Took my wife, and that was a wonderful time. Even when you, if you uh, if you go when it's not celebration, the positivity and just the hospitality of that place is pretty overwhelming. It's wonderful. And last year was my you know, first celebration, and it blew me away. And this year, the celebration was held on June 9th through the 13th. And it was, once again, right out of the park. Very surreal experience to have that many fans, of that, uh, specifically Superman fans, in one place. And it's, it's almost like the mothership calling me home, as I've always said. So where is Metropolis? Metropolis is actually at the very southern tip of Illinois, southwestern tip of Illinois right on the uh, edge of the Ohio River, uh, right neck, right uh, above Kentucky. In fact, I stayed in Paducah, Kentucky, right across the bridge, right across the Ohio, and I, as per normal, because just, uh, you know, when you're not in celebration mode, if you want to get something to eat, if you want to maybe run to Walmart for some essentials, Paducah kind of has that, you know. But uh, that's not to say don't stay in Metropolis. I'm just saying I stayed in Paducah, and we would just go across the bridge for the festivities. Now, last year, I did the exact same thing. In fact, stayed in the exact same hotel. And it was, last year, some of the highlights were meeting Ilya Salkind and uh, Kenny Richardson, his booking agent, and got to talk again with Kenny this year, which is always a pleasure. He's a great guy, and talked a little bit about Ilya. And uh, also got to meet Chandler, uh, pardon me, Andrew Chandler, Lynn Workman, uh, a lot of nice artists there last year. Last year was a, a big highlight for me was seeing my brick at the Lois Lane statue, which was unveiled last year. It was quite an event, and I also got sworn in as an honorary citizen of Metropolis, which I didn't get to do this year, um, just because they held it on Sunday, and we were so worn out. And I'm just going to talk about a little bit about my experiences at the festival, which has been going on for 33 years, literally exactly as long as I've been alive, which in itself is... Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think the year I was born, they knew that one day I would set foot in that town. No, I'm not that egotistical. That was a joke. 
But day one was uh, Thursday, June 9th. And we really got it started relatively early. I went with John and Travis from the Walking Dorks and my cousin Daniel. And we started out the day um, going through the Superman Museum, which is open the bulk of the year. So if you want to go sometime, you know, when funds are better or you don't like the heat, you, that museum is always there. And you, for $5, you get into the museum. And plus, you can go down the road to the Americana Museum, which has more Superman stuff, as well as uh, some movie props and things like that that I think you'll find interesting. For five bucks, you cannot beat that. The museum is always a surreal experience, a very humbling experience. I remember when I first uh, went to Metropolis, my wife was like, I need to go with you. I need to watch you go through that museum and geek out. And it turns out I didn't really geek out. I was very solemn, very overwhelmed, very touched by some of the things I saw. George Reeves' glasses, some of the typewriters. It just, it's so much, though. <laughs> if you go, a lot, quite a bit of time to go through the museum. Take your time. Pace yourself. Sorry about that. There we go. Sorry about that. And, uh, yeah, pace yourself. Just enjoy it because there is a lot. And you'll find this almost every square inch of that place is covered with history. And while there, I, I met a very nice uh, guest who hails from Cuba. And he began asking me questions about the museum and kind of went through together and looked at some of the Superman the movie props, talked about how how moving it is to see some of these things and so, you know how surprising how much you actually learn for example until my first trip there i didn't know christopher reeve wore a wig it's true he actually wore a wig for some of his scenes but to see the full superman costume that reeve wore uh to see marlon brando's uh cast for his, or facial cast for his makeup test and the same with george reeves to see the backpack that clark <laughs> took is just it's very moving i won't lie it's a very moving experience. And in some cases, you're not supposed to, but in some cases, you can actually, they're close enough, you can reach out and touch them. I would not recommend reaching out and touching them, but I'm just saying that's, you know, that piece of history is right there. So it was almost like going to the Smithsonian for, you know, everybody else. But for me, it's, it's almost a pilgrimage that as a Superman fan, I always knew I would have to make, and I've never regretted making it. None of the trips I've made there. But it's, it, it, the, I mentioned the Cuban guest because, he, and later on, would actually point out himself that no matter where you go in the world, people know Superman. He's recognizable globally. He is an icon. And it's just, you know, doing a show like this one, I'm, I'm in my, my office at, at home, to get out there and see the effect it has on other people, especially when you see the looks on the children, it, when they come up across the official Superman of Metropolis, Josh Bolting House, is oh it's incredible it's that that way their eyes light up just is moving and speaking of josh boltinghouse i don't know if i've ever mentioned him uh he is he, he went through a rigorous casting to become the official superman of metropolis and they did not miss the mark on that one josh when he walks out in costume he has that same air that same as somebody said Everything stops when he walks in. He has everything Superman should. He's charming. He's imposing. And I don't mean that he's threatening. I mean, his presence is very well felt. And he has everything that a Superman should. So he's very gracious. So if you're in the you know, Metropolis celebration, don't feel shy about walking up to him. He is the most approachable person you'll ever meet. It makes me think of the cover of All-Star Superman number one, that relaxed pose that Superman's in. That's Josh. He's a... Uh, 
incredibly gracious guy. I always enjoy seeing him when he just, as I mentioned, he walks into a room, everybody stops and stares. And that's exactly what should happen when Superman walks in. And uh, after the museum, we went across the square to the Dippin' Dots, which Metropolis is also the home of Dippin' Dots. Had my first Dippin' Dots shake, which has some, uh, well, there's some semantic problems as far as drinking it. But once you get around those, delicious. And I love me some Dippin' Dots. And while there... I saw Cayman Stoll coming across the square and finally got to meet Cayman Stoll, the host of the Superman vidcast. And that was a big highlight for me because Cayman and I, he's done this show. I've done his show. We've talked about things. I mean, our rea- when I watched the Smallville finale, I remember texting him saying, that was excellent. And he's like, I'm still crying. I'm not saying I didn't cry. I'm just saying. <laughs> but got to meet Cayman. Uh, and while there, Neil and Jennifer Cole of SupermanSuperSite.com showed up. And it was just... Uh, you know, you go through your life in the quote-unquote normal world as being a, a huge Superman fan, having a room full of Superman stuff. People look at you weird for doing a Superman podcast, being a 33-year-old man liking comics. But to be amongst people who are, you know, like you, <laughs> and I don't mean that in any weird way, I'm just saying somebody who shares the passion and shares the fandom is, oh, very, I hate to use this word again, but it's very moving. It feels like being home. And I've always likened Metropolis to my second home because it does feel like I belong there. And they were, of course, all three of them were incredibly nice. I've always liked Neil and Jennifer. Uh, I like their site. I love Cayman to death. So it was awesome to finally meet them in person. And then it was time for the opening skit, which you heard a clip of at the opening of the show. And that opening skit, written by Andrew Chandler, who is an artist I, I urge you to look up at andrewchandler.net. I'm definitely going to talk more about him in just a little bit because I got a sketch from him last year, which is actually sitting right here of Superman with a tattered cape looking back. And he actually put Superman Forever on there. And I love that sketch. But this year I got, I think he upped the ante for me in terms of the sketches. But uh, the opening skit was written by him and it involved the cyborg trying to pass himself off as Superman. It involved Gorilla Grodd showing up before Josh comes bounding out. The official Superman comes bounding out and sets things straight. It had a quick, uh, really amazing surprise where the Grodd pulls off his mask and it's the Flash. Just a wonderful, wonderful sketch. And I always enjoy that. And I think my friends who weren't aware of what was going to happen were massively surprised and just talked for quite some time about how much they enjoyed that. It was, it's always a good time. It just little bits of magic. Got to see the Super Mag car. If you haven't seen this, go to my Facebook page. You should be able to see it on there. It's, it's a Dodge Magnum, which has been supermanned out, and uh, it's my dream car. So one day I want to own something like that. You have this nice decal on the side of Brandon Routh as Superman, and if you look at the engine, there's an engine cover that actually has Superman Returns on it, and inside the back of the car, you can see a little miniature of the car. Oh, that car was great. It made my heart palpitate a little bit, and I would love to hear him fire it up, and that noise, that, that engine is hardcore. So got to see that in person. I've seen many pictures, but to see it in person was something entirely different. Also got to take my picture with my friend Travis in the bat boat from the 1960s. And no, I looked around. I didn't see anything marked bat shark repellent. So I was really disappointed in that, but I love the picture, especially the fact that we got the wrong way sign in it, which just kind of fits the occasion for me and Travis. And after that, there's a, one more tradition we normally do when we go to Metropolis. Let's go to the China House uh, Chinese Buffet which is right down the road, uh, right behind the KFC. If you're ever in there, highly recommend them. They're always great. But it's become a regular thing where we really do aim 
to go to KFC because it, in some weird way, the fact that the KFC still looks retro, still has the old sign with the bucket on it, always attracts us. But we always end up at the Chinese house. So this year, we were more well aware of what we were going to do, and we went right in and followed that up by going to Bob's Bowling Alley for the Super Friends uh, of Metropolis meet, eat, and greet. Unfortunately, somebody got ill, so we had to leave a little bit early, but I met some very nice people. Brian K. Morris, got to talk with Neil a little bit more. Uh, just got to talk with some people I've talked to on Facebook, meet them in person, handed out some of my Superman Forever. I had buttons, I had some, uh, I was in pins, I had some magnets and handed out some of that. But we got ill and then we got a call that Darkseid uh, needed a ride. He wasn't really invited on the trip. He invited himself and then was upset when he couldn't drive. Every stop we made, he made a jerk out of himself. Riding a merry-go-round, uh, losing his mother box. Turns out it was in his pocket the whole time. And then this happened. We had to go to the bar and pick him up because he decided to begin singing. I'm just going to play you exactly what happened. So shield your ears if you're, if you're a very sensitive person. This next number goes out to Big Barda. Big ups, Big Barda. Hit it. I can almost hear the stillness as it yields to the sound of your heartbeat. Bum, bum, bum. And I can almost hear the echo of the thoughts that I know you must be thinking. Bum, bum, bum. And I can feel your body tremble as you wonder what this moment holds in store. Bum, bum, bum. And as I put my arms around you, I can tell you've never been this far before. Bum, bum, bum. I don't know what I'm saying. As my trembling fingers touch forbidden places. Bum, bum, bum. I only know I've waited for so long for the chance that we're taking. Bum, bum, bum. And I don't know, and I don't care what made you tell him. As I taste your tender kisses, I can tell you've never been this far before. Bum, 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 bum. As I take the love you're giving, I can feel tension building in your mouth. Aha, That's a big negative. Uh-huh. I have no way of knowing. But tonight, you only make me 
love you more. That's that's not true. And I hope the trouble we me never refuses, because I know you've never been this far before. So after that, we politely asked Darkseid to uh, kind of not be around us. And a lot of drama ensued by the pool of our hotel and ended up that Darkseid just uh, kind of took off crying. And I uh, don't know that Darkseid will be on the show for a while. It seems like there's going to be a rift in our relationship. But that ended the, the first day. Now, day two was Friday, the first full day of the celebration. Because the opening skit happens about 5 o'clock. Everything gets going on Friday, though. And it, I intended to go to the Superman homepage meet and greet and the Superman super site meet and greet. But when you get four people together who decide, yeah, we can set our phones, we can set the alarm, we'll get up, and everybody assumes everybody else is doing that, you end up oversleeping. So I missed both of those, much to my chagrin, very much regret that. Maybe the biggest regret of this whole trip, because I wanted to go to both of those and get to know some people. And, but it didn't get better with that, because I saw the new costumes for the Superman family that morning on, uh, well, almost every comic book website. Now, Superman, I'll admit, the Superman costume wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Not so fond of the boots, but you know what? Could have been worse. Always remember that. Although, the big question is, why does Superman need armor? Uh, okay, I don't know what... I, I, can't, I don't have an answer for that. I'll be honest with you. Now, the Supergirl's costume, I like the boots, but uh, can we get a skirt on there? Because it's, it's a little awkward, and I think she's still a teenager, and... That's illegal. That is illegal. So we need to get a skirt on her, but the boots are cool. Not so much fond of the cape, but I can live with it. The Superboy cover. Uh, so definitely seeing these costumes definitely set the mood. But I got to go out and talk to some people and see what they thought. Now we ended up starting our day at Artist Alley since last year. That was kind of where we ended the trip and where we had the most fun. We, in, we, we spent a lot of time at Artist Alley, I'll be honest with you. And there was one thing I wanted... And that was a Lois Lane sketch from somebody. And I ended up going to Andrew Chandler. And he does The Red Mullet. He's got a book coming out called Brother. And I'll always recommend Andrew Chandler. Not only is he a nice guy, he exceeds my expectations at every turn. And so I just said, Lois Lane. And he specified, do you have a specific era? And I'm like, no, no, I do not. Surprise me, because when I ask an artist for a sketch, I want their interpretation. I want what's in their head at that moment. And he just knocked it out of the park. The Lois Lane he drew was a little bit Erica Durant's, a little bit of the Superman the Animated Series version. It has literally made it to my wall already. Uh, I had it framed almost immediately. It, as soon as I got home, that was one of the first things I hung up, right next to my other Andrew Chandler. I just adore it. and that So that started, that got my spirits back up. And got to meet Jamal Igo, where I bought a print from him. We talked a little bit. Got to thank him and told him, you know, exactly how I felt that I love his Supergirl. I love that he doesn't make her slutty because she's 17 years old and that's just awkward. But uh, I just got to say, Jamal was gracious. He was incredibly nice. Obviously, he did the opening for the show. You'll I, The people you meet at the celebration, whether they're the professionals or the people in the crowd, you will meet some of the nicest people in the world. 
and you're just surrounded by positivity. So if you've had, it's kind of where I go to recharge every year, just to get my head together and get, get psyched back up for life and get my positivity back on track. And it did not disappoint. Jamal was a great treat. Meeting Freddie Williams II was fantastic. And then we uh, walked down there. I bought a print, a Supergirl print from Jamal, had him sign it. One of my favorite images just happened to be there. I'm like, well, that solves that problem. And we went down the road to the main tent uh, where Tracy uh, Lewis Roberts, pardon me, Roberts Lewis, Darla from Supergirl, and Mark Pillow, the nuclear man, were doing a Q&A about their respective Superman 4 and Superboy, the uh, television series. And I immediately grew to completely respect Mark Pillow. He has a phenomenal voice. If you have never heard him speak, he is incredibly charming. His voice is almost, it's like a Kelsey Grammer type voice. It's very smooth, very deep. Really, really enjoyed hearing them. And the fact that, you know, Mark wasn't, he he didn't try to defend the movie. He said it is what it is, essentially. Uh, we had a lot of things that were cut out. He said he had high praise for the director. But I immediately grew to like him right off the bat. Just like both of them. I thought they were both great. And got to take a picture of Cayman talking to Mark and pictures of them underneath the statue. Just really set the mood right. I mean, we were on a nice roll there. And uh, after that, we went while there, I got to meet uh, not only with Cayman, I met Sam Rizzo of the Superboy homepage and Randy Cowan of the Superboy homepage, two people I've wanted to meet in person for quite some time. And of course, they were incredibly nice, uh, really like Sam. Of course, as I mentioned on several times in the show, I was a Superboy fan before I was a Superman fan. Now, granted that a lot of that has to do with crypto and relating to the locale of Smallville and sort of that idea of having to hide it from your parents. I think at that age, it related a little bit more for me. But getting to meet them was another highlight, and they were very nice. Really enjoyed meeting them. Wish I could have spent more time with them. But I'm just going to be honest, I was quite scatterbrained the whole time. And I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but I have almost a radar sense of uh, finding Superman items. For example, we went, my wife and I were in a store in a nearby town, and I just knew there was something there. Kept looking around, not finding it, not finding it. Eventually, I'm like, there's something here. I was just, we were getting ready to leave. I went back and did one more sweep. One Superman item was a Superman pinball, um, small pinball machine with the flat ones. And sure enough, and this is always, this has never failed. I can find it almost anywhere. But when you get into Metropolis, that rate, kind of radar sense gets thrown off. And I start getting into a little bit of a, not a panic attack, but I definitely get distracted a lot by the shiny objects. There's so much going on and I'm geeking out. And so I didn't get to spend time with the people I, I planned on spending time with, which is a little bit disappointing. But there's next year, and you know there's many other cons. So I really do hope to spend more time with Randy Cowan and Sam Rizzo and Cayman in the future, Neil and Jennifer Cole. I just got distracted. I'm just going to be honest, and I apologize to them if they are listening. But uh, after meeting them, we went back to Artist Alley where Jamal Igle and Freddie Williams II were doing a Q&A. And... They were fantastic. A lot of good questions came out. A lot of awkward questions came out, but they handled it with really good ease, really good charm, because the Q&A was talking about DC Comics. And if you go to a DC Comics-specific Q&A, do not ask the, the professionals, if you could do a Marvel character, which would you do? Now, granted, Jamal and Freddie were both professionals. They are incredibly giving, but... And, and answered the question, but that's that's just bad form, people. Read the signs when you go in. And But I loved watching that Q&A, uh, learning more about DC Comics. 
And then, of course, getting autographs from Tracy and Mark, both very cordial, got pictures with both of them. Very nice, very wonderful experience. And then that's when I uh, happened to come across Clark Kent, who you can find online. Um, it's Jamie and Rhonda Kelly. He'll be Clark. She'll be Lois. They come in costume and they stay in character. They're awesome at what they do. They did the WGBS reports. And uh, he and I and the Cuban guest from uh, from the museum that I mentioned kind of talked about Superman, what he represents. As I mentioned, he's recognized globally and uh, really got a nice conversation about Action Comics 900 and how the the story that caused so much controversy probably should have gone. And that's with Superman coming into the UN and saying we need to work together kind of being a unifying force and just the conversation and talking about the Damon Lindelhoff story. I love getting into these talks and just meeting up with people that, you know, I really don't know and just coming, finding that common ground, that truth, justice, the American way and that Superman way of life and love that discussion. And Jamie and Rhonda are a couple of awesome people loved seeing them in action. And if you're ever at the, the celebration, you will see them. They're always around doing their thing. And uh, just that conversation was great. And, you know, later on that night was, I, I, I don't know if you know about this, but to get into the autograph sessions, you have to have a ticket. And it's, this year it was one per person. And they start handing those out on Friday morning at 7 a.m. And they do another session at su- Saturday and give out the other half. They're free. But I found out that in order to get a good place in line, well, people start showing up at midnight. And, uh, you know, I was pretty much like, okay, I guess I don't need to go. I don't want to stay up all night. But I was just sitting at the hotel room and I was thinking to myself, how many times in life am I going to get this chance to kind of be amongst the Superman fans and get this experience of sitting, you know, in Metropolis and waiting for those tickets? So I ended up going across the bridge back to Metropolis and my cousin Daniel and I sat it out all night and, uh, you know, I actually handed out some of the swag, some some flyers for the podcast, got some nice conversation in, and got to see Metropolis at dawn. And that was kind of a surreal experience. Now, while waiting for that, I happened to double-check the numbers, see where we were, make sure people hopefully still like this podcast. And lo and behold, I found out that while in Metropolis, I had hit 10,000 downloads. That's across all my episodes for all time. 10,000 all-time downloads. It blew my mind. Uh, just just suffice it to say it blew my mind well above and beyond what I would thought. I was so incredibly moved by that. Not only, you know, being in Metropolis and getting that, but just the idea that across 34 episodes, and then there were, I think there were a couple of smaller ones, but people thought enough of it to download it and listen to it and enjoy it. My goal, folks, is just to make a show that you want to listen to. Um, just, and of course, you know, kind of just to talk of Superman, and the fact that 10,000 downloads later and still going, I just, I cannot tell you how much that means to me. And I know in some respects, there are a lot of people who've been podcasting for a while who have single episodes that have gotten 10,000 downloads. I'm not one of them. Uh, I'm just incredibly blown away and I have nobody to thank but you. Uh, the people that think enough of this show to download and listen, I am so moved by that uh, beyond what I can really say here anywhere i just it blew my mind to be in metropolis seeing that so thank you thank you thank you so much i do appreciate you guys listening love doing this show love you guys you know for loving the show and hopefully i'm still doing a good job hopefully you still like it i just cannot believe 
that, you know, 10,000 downloads. That's a mind blower. Never thought I would see that day, to be honest, when I started this show. I thought it would be this little show that maybe a couple people listen to here and there. I never expected that. So just a perfect moment. And getting to see the sunrise over Metropolis is so surreal. I mean, just walking around there at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm used to daytime busyness. Or sometimes in the fall, it was pretty empty, but just this quiet that was falling over it. Seeing the Superman statue at 2 in the morning is... It was different. It was definitely different. Now, the only thing that kind of ruined that experience, not only was I tired, there was a gentleman. Now, keep in mind, I got there at about a quarter till one. And uh, waiting in line, and people started forming behind us. And it was a fairly cordial crowd. Some people would sleep and wait. Uh, One guy, around 6, 10 a.m., with this lazy eye, came rolling up, smoking, blowing smoke at everybody, I just started talking with the guy that was in line immediately behind me. And I didn't think much of it at first, just somebody catching, you know, shooting the breeze. And then I realized he's lingering for quite a while. person behind me is looking at me and I realize this guy's trying to cut. This guy is trying to cut. So I tried to hint very politely because I'm not going to start a fight in Metropolis. Well, I'm not going to start a fight, period. period. I'm not really that much of a fighter. But the point is, this is supposed to be a positive experience. We're all here of the same accord. And I really do believe in that. So I'm not going to, you know, start some sort of quarrel. Tried to politely hint, and it wasn't working. So the people behind us tightened up, but unfortunately, when the time came, he was still able to weasel his way into that part of the line. And there's nothing that the people behind the ticket booth can do. I did point him out, but really, there wasn't anything. So boo on him. I think he's a D-bag. I think that, that, you know, there are two people at the end of the line that didn't get tickets who really legitimately did wait. And that's completely against what, you know, what I thought the Superman celebration was about. That's not to say that's the celebration's fault. That's not anything of that sort. It's that guy who's the D-bag. And I did put a picture of him on Facebook. I just, it, it, it upset me a lot. And, but it didn't ruin my time. It just upset me. So I'm sorry to the two people at the end of the line who did not get autographed tickets. Well, this is where things started taking a left turn for the weird. Because we got session D, which is at 5 o'clock p.m. So in order to see the 11.30 a.m. Q&A with Brandon and Elena. Now, Sam was a little bit delayed because of his flight. But in order to see that, I decided to stay awake and just go see them there. And, uh, well, after that, while we were at the celebration, I, you know, got a few more sketches because Andrew Chandler, I'd asked him to do on top of the lowest, I asked him to do a, uh, pardon me, a, uh, for Xavier's podcast for gifted youngsters. The other podcast I do, I wanted him to do a Cyclops and Marvel girl and they came off so well. I'm like, I have to go back and get the rest of the X-Men. So I got a few more sketches, just blown away by that. Talked with Jamal a little bit, Freddie Williams, the second, uh, talked to Sean Delaney, who did a book, which I actually picked up, called 51 Delta, which is – I'm not going to talk much about it on this show, but I know I'm over at Walking Dorks we're planning on talking quite at length about it, hopefully having him on. But uh, more or less, that day started blurring into madness, <laughs> and it just it kind of became a nice laid-back day. Talked to some people, handed out some more Superman Forever stuff, Superman podcast stuff. Picked up a few things like a Superman steel walkie-talkies, um, lead Superman statue that looks like his crypt, uh, a few little things. 
but mostly most most of my money was spent on the sketches and whatnot. I like to get those unique things. And then it came time. It came time to go down into the bank and uh, get my autographs. And I'll tell you, I was a little bit terrified because I, I, I mean, you line up, you get in there, and suddenly you look over, and there's Superman himself, Brandon Routh. There's Jimmy Olsen. Then there's Elena Huffman, who is so gorgeous. But you know, went through the line, and the line took quite some time because of Sam's flight. They were kind of trying to facilitate everybody as well as they could. But uh, got up to the table, almost passed out uh, before that, just because exhaustion. And got up there. Elena was gorgeous. Took a picture with her. Sam was hilarious. He is every bit the character he he plays in most of his. Not all. Well, I mean, he's very much the Jimmy Olsen, a very charismatic, very funny, very very funny guy. Got to do a few jokes with him, and then there was Brandon. There's Superman himself from Superman Returns, and Brandon was very very cordial. But it looked like he was not feeling all that great. Really pushing through. I was really happy to see him, but it's very surreal. For those of you that do more cons than I do, you know what I mean. Probably at this point you're desensitized to it, but it was fantastic. Got my autographs, and uh, that was pretty much the downward spiral from there. I grew to an exhaustion because th- I think by the time I went to sleep, it was 36 hours. So we got a little bit of dinner, went in the pool a little bit to kind of relax, and then it was out. And then Sunday we we got up early, went grabbed some breakfast, and then headed home. And I'm always really really sad to head home after the Superman celebration. It just, um, all good things have to end. I know that, but as much fun and as much a feeling of belonging, I always feel sad going back home, but I'm recharged with positivity. I'm, I'm really happy to have had that experience. I'm already looking forward to next year and I hope that you all will join me next year. We are looking into doing something a little bit more with the podcast at, at the Superman Celebration in on the 34th uh, Superman Celebration in 2012. So hopefully uh, there's a lot that has to be worked out, a lot I can't talk about. But more than hopefully everything works out and uh, you know we see a lot more. We get to do a lot more in terms of participating in the celebration. But I'll be honest, as tired as I was, as exhausted as I was, getting to meet Sam, Brandon, Elena was awesome. I wouldn't have traded that experience. I loved waiting in line up until the guy cut. It was just, uh, how many times in your life, in in your day-to-day life, do you get to just unabashedly be a Superman fan and be amongst other people who are are like-minded? Only in Metropolis. And I just can't thank the the city of Metropolis enough. I can't thank Jamal Igle or Andrew Chandler, Sean Delaney, Freddie Williams II, uh, you know, just the town of Metropolis for just giving me just that feeling of belonging, uh, getting to, you know, walk around with a Superman cape on and nobody thinks twice. In fact, you got compliments. I have Superman shoes got complimented on. Somebody took a picture of my, one of my Superman tattoos where most people shrug it off. Like that's neat looking. It's just, it's one of the best experiences of my life every year. So I'm looking forward to 2012. Hope you all join me. And, uh, some quick announcements before I let you all go. This will be a shorter episode. I will not be back next week. Uh, no, this is not permanent. <laughs> I, uh, you know, following this, it's been an exhausting couple of months, and there are a lot of side things that need to be caught up on, specifically in my home. Nothing dramatic. I just mean setting up my Superman room, uh, kind of evening out, finishing out the move that, you know, we moved in in early April, and the Superman room hasn't been finished yet. There's a lot of items that need to be put up on the shelves, a lot of cleaning little side things plus you know some work on 
an upcoming project that I can't talk about yet, and just kind of evening out all the workload on Superman Forever. So I won't be back next Sunday, the 19th, and I won't be back next, the Sunday after that, the 26th. 19th and 26th, I'm taking a, a small vacation. But um, as a trade-off, you know, normally I do a one week every here and, here and there when it is, uh, you know, say, you know, there's a fifth Sunday. That's normally when I take my breaks. After that, when I return on July 3rd, it will be every Sunday for the rest of the year. So I'm basically just cashing in my my small breaks all at once, just to get caught up, just to get on schedule, just to get things organized. And I think you're going to, there is some, you know, some work I want to do to this site that really I need my full focus on. So it will be July 3rd when I come back. We're going to pick up with October of 2007, just kind of, and just plow through I think it's uh, from here on in, it's going to be great. I think you're going to like, you know, some of the tweaks. I haven't completely changed the format by any stretch of the imagination, but some of the focus is a little bit better. I just want my focus back in there just to make the best pro- uh, podcast I can. As I mentioned, I want people to want to listen to the show. I want to make a show that's worth listening to. And sometimes you just need to take a break and step back. So just kind of get the, get some organization done around me. So then my focus is more full on this show. So it'll be back July 3rd, once a week. And we won't be going back to the twice a week format. And of course, as I mentioned last episode, the SFR Daily Planet is now retired. It was a good idea, but as I mentioned, I'm not necessarily a news source. I'm more of an entertainment source, and hopefully I'm being entertaining. Entertaining. Maybe it's entertaining when I misspeak. You tell me. But for that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. I just want to thank you all once again for 10,000 downloads. You have no idea how much that means to me. Well, just, you know what, even the five downloads, you know, here and there. Just the fact that you listen means a lot to me. I love doing this show. I love Superman. And the celebration always reminds me how much I do. And just the fact that you're all out there listening means the world. So I will see you in just a few weeks. We will come back with episode 36, October 2007. Talk about Bizarro and Lobo. The episode that keeps getting delayed again and again. I would like to think I have good reasons for that. You tell me once again. Of course, you know where to find me. And with that, I will bid you adieu until July 3rd. As always, you can find the show and leave a review on iTunes or visit supermanforever.com. And of course, the show is a proud member of the Superman Podcast Network, where you can find other great Superman podcasts covering all eras of the Man of Steel at supermanpodcastnetwork.com. Drop the show an email at mail at supermanforever.com or follow the show on Twitter. The username is at Superman, the number four, ever. Superman Forever. And you, be, you can become a fan of the show on Facebook. Simply search for SupermanForever.com and press the like button. Leave a voicemail at the call-in line, which is 703-95-SUPER. That's 703-957-8737. Superman and all related characters, the distinctive likenesses thereof, and related elements are trademarks of DC Comics, a Warner Brothers Entertainment Company. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only, and no profit is made from the images or related properties belonging to DC Comics or Warner Brothers Entertainment. Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, and until next episode, keep on fighting the never-ending battle.